It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Is it time for the Reds to find a new spot in the lineup for Ellie De La Cruz? We are going to tell you our thoughts on where EDLC should be hitting in the batting order. All that and more on today's Locked on Reds. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that are turned our addiction into information for you. Uh, it's now my fifth season covering the Reds. This is the second season with Steve, and Steve himself, he also had a podcast before. Uh, as he came on here, we've been covering the Reds for a really long time on a daily basis here on the Lockdown Reds podcast, so thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. We encourage you, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter, uh, or if you're watching here on YouTube, make sure you drop a thought down in our comment section because talking reds is what we do and we want to talk reds with you uh, locked on reds is of course part of the locked on podcast network we are your team every day and if you listen every day if you watch every day we'd love to let us know down in the comments section if you see us at the ball game don't be afraid we'd love to meet everybody come say hey uh, and let us know that you're an everydayer coming up on today's show there's a question that I've been asking myself, uh, just because my wife has been like, I don't care. Uh, and I've kind of been wondering about this and, and talking with some other folks about it. So Steve and I are going to have a conversation about where the best spot in the lineup is for Ellie De La Cruz. Plus Andrew Abbott is coming up on a very interesting, very strange, um, time where it's kind of, a question? I don't know. I know that there has been a couple of quotes out there from Nick Kroll as to what they're going to do with Andrew Abbott, 
but I think that was at the time of being asked. And I think that the Reds are considering what is happening with their rookie phenom starter. Plus, back in spring training, we were talking about some different things, some guys that we expected to be good, some things that we expected to be happening. But this year's been insane. And there's some things that if you'd have told us back in spring training, we'd have laughed at you. And we're going to look at a couple of those things later on in the show. Before we get to all of that, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter the promo code locked on MLB for a free white tech hat like the one that I'm wearing with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And we promise you this. Ellie De La Cruz is going to have an amazing career. And quite frankly, I think maybe at some point next year, he is going to be the bona fide leadoff dude for this team. I, I said that a couple of weeks ago. I thought that he was best in the leadoff spot now. But I think we've seen enough of a sample size to know I think the Reds are doing him a disservice by having him bat first. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, you know, here's the thing with Ellie De La Cruz. Um, he, he has a lot of expectation associated with him. And what I'm seeing is a guy that's pressing a little bit while still trying to adjust to the league and figure things out. And I think you're right. That is a disservice to him. I, I have often said and have been proven wrong uh, most recently by Matt McClain that you should start everybody when they come up from the minor leagues down near the bottom of the lineup, six, seven, eight, somewhere in that range until they get a feel for everything. Now, Matt McClain is a very rare exception that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show for a lot of reasons. But with Ellie De La Cruz, I think regardless of what handed pitcher is on the mound, really regardless of who else is in the lineup right now, they should not bat him above seventh for the next three or four weeks. They should drop him down, plug him in there at the bottom, in the bottom third of that lineup, and just have him be consistently there, no matter what else is going on above him. Let him get comfortable. Let him work on that swing that he's clearly struggling with a little bit, that he's clearly got a hole in, and I don't think it's an unfixable hole. I think it has a lot more to do with him pressing than it does anything else. He's not Aristides Aquino. We're not making that comparison. I think he just needs a little help to take the pressure off and a little help to get dialed in. And by moving him down, it will take some of that pressure off. It will limit some of his exposure and, and hopefully give him some more pitches to hit. Really, if I'm being honest, hopefully by batting down there, he gets some more stuff to look at. So for me, I would like to see him move down. There have been a lot of comparisons of some some folks trying to uh, invoke the name of Aristides Aquino. I'm like, it's far that. too mature, far no. too premature, far too premature. No. The only reason that anyone is saying that is because of his strikeout rate. His strikeout rate is very high, 33%. Mm-hmm. But we knew this was going to happen. We said whenever he was called up, get ready. There's going to be high strikeout rates, and you're going to look at those strikeout totals on some days and be like, man, I wish he struck out a little bit less. But everything else that he is bringing to the table is still here. He still has, according to fan graphs, a 1.2 wins above replacement. Like, I think there's some people that believe that Ellie De La Cruz is nothing more than a strikeout right now. And I feel like that is completely false. Let's look at this real quick, because when it comes to what he brings to the table, you're still talking about a guy that hits the ball as hard as Joey Votto does. And Joey Votto has the hardest exit average exit velocity on the team right now. They both hit the ball slightly over 91 miles an hour on the average. And that is over three miles an hour above league average. 
So it's good to see he's putting hard contact on the ball. This isn't something that it's, you know, he's just barely getting by whenever he makes his contact or anything like that. He's got a good profile when it comes to those hits. The biggest thing for me, and you said this, batting leadoff, teams know that he is he's up there to hit, he's up there to swing, he knows what he wants, he knows that he wants to make a difference in the game. And right now his mind is not thinking that a walk is going to make a difference. So they are throwing him breaking ball after breaking ball that is below his knees, at his shins, nowhere near a, a good area for him to cause damage with his bat and he's being a little bit over anxious i feel like you're right i think if you knock him down in the order seventh or or even sixth i was kind of considering sixths to be the spot because you could still have like will benson right behind him you could have um you know joey right in front of him or something like that and so he's sandwiched in between some dudes that you don't want to pitch to either and so you're going to have to pitch to one of those guys. So all of those guys are going to get some pitches to, to swing at. And I think that the biggest thing for that is just patience, man. He just needs to ratchet up the patience because right now his demeanor is not ideal for the leadoff spot. The guy whose demeanor for the leadoff spot is TJ Friedel. And I'd love to see him leading off right now. I, I think that you're right, though. I, I think that's the good spot in the lineup to put Ellie. I could, I could live with six. And listen, part of the problem with L.A. De La Cruz is our problem. It's not L.A. De La Cruz's problem. We're, no, we've yeah. done the same thing to Ellie that we did to Hunter, which is you know <laughs> set this expectation level so darn high that barring an all-star uh, singular Hall of Fame type season, right, you know, a, a record-setting single season, they're going to fall short of all of these expectations that were set out there. And to be fair, though, you hit for the cycle your first two weeks in the big leagues. You kind yeah. of perpetuate but, that a little bit. But a lot of it is us. I mean, you know, Cowboy yeah. said this on a broadcast several days ago, and I thought it, it it rang very true. You know, people are talking about Ellie struggling. He's not hitting the ball. He's not doing things. And the game that Cowboy was talking about this, it, Ellie was on a four-game hit streak, and people were still <laughs> unhappy. You know, right. he had a four-game hit streak, and people were upset <laughs> that he's not doing enough. So for me, I think maybe we need to adjust our expectations, adjust Ellie's spot in the lineup, let him get comfortable. Listen, I have no doubt in my mind, this guy is going to be good, going to be great for a very long time. We just need to give him all the tools to get there and maybe slow our roll a little bit. And the number one thing that follow to follow up your point is he's 21. Like, like I, I think that what we say right now, applies to right now it doesn't apply to the rest of his career like he is going to be a bona fide dude for a long time like i don't have any qualms about saying that he's going to be in the stratosphere of the top five players in the league at some point you know maybe in like a year or two he definitely has some maturing to do and we're seeing the flashes of that talent but part of this is a learning process. And I feel like while, you know, analytics would say you want to give him the most at bats possible. 
I think you're also doing him a disservice in that he's like, I'm the leadoff guy. I got to do damage. I got to go up there and do damage right now. And every pitcher knows it. And I don't care if that pitcher has two pitches and they're both fastballs. They're going to learn how to throw a curveball to him and they're not going to throw him a fastball. He just not seeing fastballs right now. And I think he will see a lot more of those if you move them down in the order. Yeah. And, and that's going to be the case until he learns to demonstrate patience, like you said. Yes. And so he learns to lay off. They're going to keep throwing the junk until they're walking him every time and he's stealing second, stealing third, stealing home. Then he's going to get the fastballs. And until he's seen a lot that, of the base running. Well, yeah. Yeah. We're it's not seeing it because he's not, he's not getting the opportunity. So yeah. uh, for a lot of reasons, I think this should happen. It may be best for Ellie and for the Reds to put TJ Friedel up there at the top right now, move Ellie down and give him an opportunity to grow in this lineup. Uh, but listen, Jeff, uh, Ellie De La Cruz is not the only Reds rookie that we should be talking about right now, uh, making adjustments with because Andrew Abbott is pitching more now than he ever has in his life. And the Reds are probably going to have to take a look at limiting him here come the stretch run in September. Uh, we'll tell you what may happen and how it may happen coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Bird Dogs. I have never had a pair of shorts that made me look as good as Bird Dogs do while also being so comfortable. That all changed when I got my first pair of Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look great. They are stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look they fit like a dream bird dogs invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement they use anti-stink sweat whipping fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long seriously you can go from your couch at home in these shorts to the golf course to the beach like i do out on the town and then out for the night and not have to change your shorts at all. You can wear the same pair of bird dogs for all of these events. They are the most comfortable pair of shorts I have ever owned. To get your own pair of bird dogs, go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and enter the promo code locked on MLB for a free white tech hat with your order for the YouTube viewers. This hat right here. It's also one of the most comfortable hats I've ever had. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and enter the promo code locked Locked on MLB to get your free hat with your order. That's birddog.com slash locked on MLB with the promo code locked on MLB for the free swag. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. According to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. Remember, if you can't be at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Reds your first listen every day. Every dayers coming up on tomorrow's show. Jeff's going to be flying solo, and he's going to tell you who is the most surprising player of the season. I'm going to disagree with whatever he has to say, and I'll <laughs> let him know about it on a special live show 
we've got coming up on Thursday at 3 p.m. Yes. Eastern time. So uh, if you don't agree with what Jeff has to say tomorrow, take notes. We're going to get together about it on Thursday. All right, listen, Jeff, we talked about Ellie De La Cruz and some adjustments that may need to be made to put him in the best position to be successful and thus making him the most successful for the Reds. Uh, there's a picture that we may have to have a similar conversation about because Andrew Abbott is just slinging the ball more than he ever has in his career. I know that Nick Crawl is on record being quoted as saying uh, that Andrew Abbott has no innings limitations, but I think that that was a response that you can take in a vacuum. You can look at it at the time as what was going on. Uh, because if you look at what's really happening, I think Andrew Abbott is starting to show a little bit of signs of wear and tear, a little bit of signs of fatigue. And I think if the Reds want him to be available for a potential October run, which is a real serious possibility, they're going to have to find a way to shut him down for a week or two and, and buy him some time to rest up. Now, I don't know if the right answer is a complete shutdown, or my favorite six man rotation, but they got to do something to limit his innings through August and September. If they want him to be able to throw effectively in October. I, I agree. I, I, I think here's the thing. And, and we want to frame this, this way, like this is not a question of what we believe the Reds should do. This is us ascertaining what they will do. And yes, everyone is saying, well, guys, there's a quote from Nick crawl. That quote was a month ago. And that quote that Nick crawl had was there are no plans to shut him down. You can pretty much imply right now, like he was saying that at that moment. And I think as they look at him and, and the biggest question for me that keeps coming up and, and we'll see him again coming up this weekend in Pittsburgh, but his last two starts, you put them together. He's got nine innings in his last two starts, 10 earned runs, eight walks, uh, 14, 14, yeah, 14 hits allowed. Absolutely looking like fatigue is set in. And this is coming off two straight starts of shutout ball where he went six innings and eight innings and threw over 100 pitches in each inning. I think that there was a lot of admiration that I have for him in those starts. I have a lot of admiration for what he's done all year. In 12 starts, he has nine starts that are three runs or less just beautiful performance from him where I don't necessarily think we, we thought he was going to be this good, but at that same point, as much as the reds are looking at this and saying, yes, there's a lot that we could do right now with him. I think that there's probably some sort of phantom IL stint coming so that they can help manage his workload a little bit too. Now the, the, the problem with that. And the caution with that is what they did with Graham Ashcraft at the end of last year. And that wasn't a phantom where he did get hurt, but they brought him back for a couple of starts and he really struggled in those final couple of starts. So I, I think there's something to be considered here for the future as opposed to just this year. And I think the Reds are going to do that. You know, one of the things that they could do, and this would be my little suggestion box note for Nick crawl <laughs> is to be strategic in how you're activating the pitchers that are coming back from injury into the rotation. When we're talking about Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, uh, when Hunter Green comes back, if you time it such that you bring Hunter Green back on the day that Abbott's supposed to start and you skip him in the rotation, just that one turn, 
and you give him an extra rotation cycle of rest. And you yes. do the same thing when Nick Lodolo comes back and you give him an extra rotation cycle of rest. Well, now instead of having 32 starts or whatever the number would be at the end of the regular season, you've saved two or three starts by doing that. And how many starts is he going to get in the postseason? You know, well, if they make a run all the way to the World Series, it'll be a few, but you could save some of those. So maybe shutting him down is not the best option if he doesn't truly have an injury, but you could you could be creative enough to buy back a few of those starts and not hurt the team, not, not do any damage to the pennant race, keep Andrew Abbott in his normal routine, but skip a start. And I think that might be the best answer versus shutting him down for two or three weeks. I'm just envisioning Nick Crawl standing up in the front of the office and, and saying, yes, we have our suggestion box meeting coming up. So get your constructive compliments in ASAP as possible. Um, no, he's he's not Michael Scott, obviously. But when it comes to how teams as a whole, not not even just the Reds, but how teams manage their pitchers, it's it's changed over the years. And I think everyone immediately goes to Steven Strasburg whenever they think, oh, team is doing well with a rookie pitcher. They're just going to shut him down, and they're going to say he's he's not pitching past this date. Things have completely evolved from that point. And I believe that, you know, there, there were the couple of years where uh, Kyle Bodie was here and driveline was a huge part of the Reds development system. I definitely think that they retained different aspects of the driveline philosophy. One of those aspects were, this is how we can manage our pitchers workloads throughout the season and not destroy their arms in the process. And I think that they're going to do that. And as these guys come back from health and then you could even maybe, maybe lump Connor Phillips in there at some point in September. And then you've really got an interesting rotation of arms to kind of relax them a little bit and, and not, you know, put all of the stress on guys like Abbott and Williamson who have just thrown far more innings than they ever have in their careers as pitchers. Like, I mean, I, I, know, I remember uh, I was talking yesterday about Williamson's start where he's just like, yeah, this is the best start of my life. It's like, well, yeah, because this is your first year in the major leagues. Like, this is it. This You'll never get to a higher level of competition. So you can say all the numbers that, you, well, I don't know, he, you know, between travel ball and high school ball, it's like, no, those weren't as high stretch, uh, high stress mm-hmm. pitches as these are. And, and, and they're just setting career numbers with this. Yeah, I think that's one thing people forget when we start looking at like innings pitched and total number of pitches thrown. It's just different in game action, Major League Baseball regular season. They throw differently, even though they say, you know, they're out there competing when they're on rehab assignments and pitching in the minors. It's just different. It it just naturally is different. So, yeah, this this stress level on his arm is more than and Andrew Abbott is ever experienced. And I just think it would be smart. I think if the Reds are are serious about writing this rotation and getting themselves positioned to be a legitimate problem for other teams come October, and I think they could be, this is one of the things they have to get right because mm-hmm. you can't roll into a postseason series with Lively and Weaver still in this rotation starting playoff games. It can't happen. Nope. So, so the smart thing to do is make sure you get Andrew Abbott healthy to October while working in Lodolo and Green and maybe Phillips, maybe other guys. So I, I like the idea of giving Connor Phillips a couple September starts and using that to, again, buy back a couple starts from Andrew Abbott to yep. use in October. I like that idea. I think that's the way to go. I've, I, I've settled in, talking it out loud, 
that's where I think they should go with it. And that is where Nick Kroll and Derek Johnson get paid the big bucks because yes, you have to manage this year as far as playoffs and how you're going to deal with all of that. But you also have to manage the future because as I mentioned on yesterday's show, the future rotation is Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft. You've got Andrew Rabbit. You've got Brandon Williamson. You've got Connor Phillips. Um, you might even throw Ben Lively in there if you want to. You're, you're talking about in a couple of years, you got Chase Petty. Lion Richardson might still be in the mix for this thing. Like There are so many guys that are already in system. So how do you manage them so that this year isn't their best year? Because when you're a rookie, or even if you're a second year player, you don't want your rookie season or your second season to be your best season ever. You want to continually get better. So I, I think that that is going to be a consideration for them. And I think that whenever we hear things and see reports about, oh, they're managing him, that doesn't mean they're shutting him down. That just means that they're, they're you know, divvying up the time a little bit differently. You know, Steve, this year has produced some amazing moments and there's going to be some interesting postseason episodes where we get into arguments about our top 10 moments in great American ballpark history. And I think possibly eight of them might be from this year, mm -hmm. which ones would have absolutely blown our minds in spring training though. We'll talk about a few, including one about Tyler Stevenson coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you in part by sleeper. Want the chance to win more money with less picks? Who doesn't? Sleeper's going to help. Just head over to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Sleeper is now offering up to weigh 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests. Choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like homers, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you could win big. If you think Joey's going to bang then smash more on the homers. If you think that Ellie is going to run, smash more on the steals. And if you think that Graham Ashcraft or Andrew Abbott or Brandon Williamson, who's been pretty hot here recently, is going to get the whiffs, then hit more on the strikeouts. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. They also have safe and fast withdrawals when you're ready to get your money. So use promo code locked on and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit over at sleeper terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 States. Check out sleeper today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And remember, if you can't be down at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds and you can follow the podcast on all your favorite platforms, including right here on YouTube. Make sure that you click that subscribe button and you click the bell to get notified if this is your first time checking us out. Thank you so much. Uh, plus, join the Locked On Reds Discord channel for more Reds talk in between episodes. I've got a link down in the description of today's episode, and uh, we'd love to have you. A lot of great folks over there talking Reds baseball and 
talking through games like yesterday where the Reds basically got no hit after the fifth inning. And yeah, we had that great moment of Stuart Fairchild in the little league, uh, inside the park Homer that was called a triple with an error and run scored and all that good stuff. But, um, moments like those just make me think about moments as a whole and, and, and different things like looking back on the past and what people would have told you, like if, if we went back in time to February, and told ourselves in February all the different things that were going to happen this season. How many different things? There would have been a lot of things that would have just made us laugh. Like, <laughs> you're crazy. That's, that's not happening. Are you serious? But the number one thing for me that I, I find almost insane is that, Steve, if, if, if you look at the production, that Tyler Stevenson has had this year. And if you look at the production that Luke Maley has had this year, I, I they're not that far off. Like you could still make the argument that Tyler Stevenson has had a better year, but it's not far and away better like it should be. You're right. Cause you're also talking to the guy that thought Tyler Stevenson had an outside shot at 30 to 40 home runs. If his legs were rested and boy, yeah. did I miss, he's only a few short of that with eight right now. You're absolutely right though. Uh, if when you, when you look at those two players, when you look at Tyler Stevenson, when you look at Luke Maley, uh, the production, at least from a, an OPS plus standpoint, they're very, very similar. As a matter of fact, I think Luke Maley has a slightly higher, OPS plus than Tyler Stevenson. I'd have to pull it up and look, but um, you know, Tyler Stevenson has had more plate appearances, more, more games played, but, but you're right. Uh, Luke Maley has been a tremendous surprise. And uh, does that mean Tyler Stevenson has been a tremendous disappointment? Um, I don't know if I'm ready to call it that, but I am a little disappointed, maybe not tremendous, but I'm a little bummed that he's not been the guy that I thought he was going to be. I really thought he was going to have an opportunity to be a, a cleanup hitter for this team. And, and it's just not manifested itself at all. It's been very strange. And, and even just talking about OPS plus and the hitting stats and stuff. Sure. Tyler Stevenson does have a little bit more higher slugging percentage than Luke Maley does. But the one thing that Luke Maley has him in spades, and this surprised me to no end is in the fielding side of things. Like, I mean, when you look at what he does behind the plate, when it comes to, um, I, I was looking at, uh, Savant that, you know, baseball Savant was talking about like, you know, pop time, as far as like how, how quick a catcher gets up and makes the throw and things like that. Luke Maley is much better at throwing runners out. He's, they're both really not that good at, uh, framing pitches, but Maley has an, a slight edge in that too. So, I think when you look at their entire profile, when you bring defense into this, Luke Maley really does begin to have a big argument. And I think more than anything, obviously not playing Tyler Stevenson at DH as much has been the thing that has left Kirk Casale on the injured list. I really think at this point, Kirk Casale is on the injured list because the Reds are like, you're a Red. <laughs> He's just, just bro. I'm hurt yeah. till the off season. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I'm rehabbing. It's great. He's a coach. He's he's a coach uh without a, like he's a secret assistant to the regional manager type deal when it comes to coaching right now. Um but I think that 
overall, the, the game that Luke Maley has had this season has been the biggest reason why Kirk Casale's not been needed. Like, you know, you move Stevenson back to catcher mostly. Yeah, that's that's thing. That's that's a big part. But Luke Maley has just played so well. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, for me, if, if I would go back and tell myself anything in February, if I went back and told myself that Matt McClain was going to be the biggest splash on this team <laughs> yeah. in 2023, I had a chuckled at you. If you recall, in 2023, I was saying that I thought the best, highest use of Matt McClain was to get him trained back up on center field, convert yeah. him to an outfielder, uh, let him be your guy out there in center field because the outfield depth was junk. Uh, yeah. Boy. Did Matt McLean really just uh, show me uh, and, and delivered every single thing that he told me he was going to do when we talked to him last year? He has done all that and more. Uh, he currently leads the Reds in OPS plus with 135. He's the number one OPS plus guy on the team. He's probably, at least in my opinion, the best defensive shortstop on the roster right now as well. Uh, I know that Ellie has set the records with the throws across the infield and some of those things, but when you watch them play, shortstop and if you do it you know with an open mind to me matt mcclain plays the position better he's a little bit more smooth you don't see him backing up on the ball as much as you see ellie backing up on the ball i think ellie is ultimately going to prove himself to be a third baseman mm -hmm. uh right now it's easy to it's easy to keep ellie there with jonathan india out of the lineup that's going to force some moves but i think right now he's the best defensive shortstop on the team in matt mcclain and then you look at his war 3.1 since being called up in May, 3.1. He is approaching all-star level of war in his rookie season for the Cincinnati Reds. If you told me any of these things back in February, I would have been like, you're crazy. It's going to be Ellie De La Cruz. It's going to be one of these other guys. Noel V. Marte is going to come out of nowhere and be the one to, you know, I, there, I would have had a lot of other answers than it was going to be Matt McClain probably making a serious push to be the rookie of the year. And I know, I know we've talked about that before that he may come up just short, but if he continues to play like he's playing right now, if he pushes this war up past four, if he continues to hit over 300 on the year, he's got a shot to win this thing. And it's just, I never would have thought that he would have been the guy that separated himself so much from the other rookies, especially when we're talking about Spencer steer, you know, you were on the, the spear, yep. the steer cheer steer. committee. Yes. You were on that from way back in spring training and Matt McLean, I think has even exceeded that. No. And, and, Think about the head start that Spencer Steer had on him and counting stats like war uh, still favor Matt McClain, even mm -hmm. though he is he has had all that less, you know, playing time comparatively. And think about the roster of rookies that the Reds have employed this year, the 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 Ellie De La Cruz of it all, the uh, Spencer Steers, the Andrew Abbott's, the Brandon Williamson's like it's not even a question. The most consistent performer has been Matt McClain. And yes, we've had the moments of Ellie De La Cruz, but Matt McClain's given us some moments too. And really the biggest thing for me is that when you see talent from guys like Ellie De La Cruz and when you see like power and, and the different abilities that Spencer Steer has on a baseball field and, and, and pitching and, and stuff from Williamson and Abbott, like the biggest thing next is to develop consistency. I think Matt McClain's already developed consistency. Like what is he going to look like in a full season for 162 games? Number one, 
I'm pretty sure he's a guy that can play all 162 games. I have no questions mm-hmm. about that whatsoever. Number two, I know it's going to be at the top of the lineup, whether it be first, second, or third, wherever he ends up slotting in there. I think he can, he can be um, equally as productive no matter mm-hmm. where you put him in the lineup. Is he going to be a second baseman? Is he going to be a shortstop? Whatever it is, he's going to play it at an elite level defensively, and he's awesome on the base paths. There's, there's no hole in his game. And how many rookies have we seen the Reds call up in recent years and just be like, this game's full of holes. <laughs> this guy is the exact opposite. There's no holes whatsoever. Yeah, I think Mr. Consistency may not be a flashy nickname, but it's definitely an apt description of what he's doing. Uh, I, I look for him to continue to just get better and better and better. And, you know, he's also really just that type of guy that Cincinnati loves to embrace. You know, we see these mm-hmm. kind of guys come up, right? He's that blue collar, work hard, just, you know, keep your word, do what you say, try hard kind of guy. And those are always the guys that this town loves. Those are always the guys that end up with their own special fan sections. And, you know, we're, we, we've, we've skirted around that who is going to be the next, you know, the next Joey, who's going to be the next guy that really is beloved in this city for a long, long time. And it, it just as easily could be Matt McLean as any of these other rookies. So uh, I I'm really excited to continue to watch him play. And one thing's for sure. It's only just getting started. It's only just getting started. I, I really think too, like to kind of piggyback off that point, like he is just, there's there's guys that you look back in the in the past and you say boy i really enjoyed watching you know uh, scooter Jeanette, or i really enjoyed uh the the year of Derek dietrich or i really enjoy you know different things like that and there are always massive holes in those guys games as well like matt mcclain is going to be here for years and years and years to come literally might be the guy i think i think we finally narrowed it down as to the dude who they should sign next and i think mm-hmm. it's him yeah, I absolutely agree. And I, I've said it when we talked about this several weeks ago. Put the put the C, mm-hmm. put the C on his chest. Let's do it. Let's let's make him the captain. And on that note, that's where we'll go ahead. He's got two C's on his chest. That's right, for sure. Before we get out of here, uh, don't forget you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. That'll wrap it up for this edition of Locked on Reds. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on the next Locked on Reds. I'm going to be solo, and we're going to be looking at the most surprising Red of this season. Matt McLean is up there. I don't know that he is my most surprising Red, though. We'll, we'll talk about that on, on tomorrow's podcast. And like Steve said, make sure you join us Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. We've got a live show. We're going to have you drive the ship with us. Uh, But until then, Steve, what can people expect from you and me? They can expect us to keep watching the game, keep gathering the news, keep uh, following where the information leads us, gather it all up, and report right back here with it to keep everyone locked on Reds every single day. Whoever you pick, you're going to be wrong. I'm always right. (laughs) Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.